0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Chatty AF, the Anime Feminist podcast. My name's Amelia. I'm the editor-in-chief of Anime Feminist, and I'm joined here today by Peter Phobian and Cara Denison. If you guys would like to introduce yourselves.
1: I'm Peter Phobian. I'm an associate's features editor at Crunchyroll and a contributor and editor at Anime Feminist.
0: And I'm
2: Cara Denison, a contributor at Crunchyroll and Viewster.
0: We're here today to celebrate the final part of our berserk watch-along. So Watch Along is where we watch six episodes at a time and then people who have seen the series and love it and people who have never seen the series before get into a podcast recording and just discuss the six episodes we've just seen through a feminist lens and then move on to the next six episodes. So we're in our final leg of this, that's episodes 19 to 24 of the new Berserk series uh, which has just finished airing I believe and... It's Kara uh, and I saw the 1997 Berserk and haven't been back to it since. Peter is a big fan, has seen the uh, all the TV series, the films, and is reading the manga. So he's our go-to person for any kind of contextual information on this, and we'll certainly be asking more about that later. But first of all, last six episodes. Kara, what did you think?
2: I really actually enjoyed these. Um, I think Me too. the introduction of Shirko was a big, uh, big positive. I loved yep. the way they were introducing, like we talked about last time, uh, positive depictions of magic. Uh, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the concept of, you know, the things that were going on and sort of the, the in-between, uh, field. I liked seeing, uh, Guts' new group sort of working together. Uh, yep. I enjoyed seeing Serpico being his own person and, I like the promise uh, of where Farnes is potentially going. It was so good. I know. I mean, <laughs> was this was so good. This, The way I was thinking of it earlier when I was sort of preparing for the podcast was, these are the episodes I would show someone to get them into Berserk.
0: Yes. <laughs> and then you'd have to explain the previous, like, what, 12, 18 episodes. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's like, it's not always quite like this, but this is it sort of at its best what was the what was the tweet we saw i know you saw it because you retweeted it it was about like berserk is that friend who's been
0: this was one of (laughs) nate
2: berserk is that friend who's been having a horrible time but they're okay now or something yeah
0: yeah, and I retweeted him and I was like, uh, I haven't seen them getting better yet. But no, I understand completely what Nate meant with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How you get to kind of episode 20 or so and you're like, oh, no, 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 they're, they're doing okay. This is all right. <laughs> yeah. We did still have one moment of just women being raped by demons. And I had this kind of thinking, oh, God, please say this is it. And it was it. I don't recall seeing anything after that.
1: Yeah, um... But... Yeah, that was it for the series. Uh, it it does come up one more time uh, later on in the next story arc, and then after that, I don't think I've seen any of that since, which is good. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do notice it's it's, uh, it's been decreasing over the the core, at least to like primary characters, and then yeah, I yeah.
0: don't really want to give cookies for that. Yeah, but, yeah, um... I'm just saying,
1: in in its current like state in Berserk uh, a lot of that stuff has sort of fallen to the wayside uh, and you can yeah. sort of see it falling backward obviously that doesn't make it any easier to watch it in the present yeah. but that, that's just... sort of the positive trajectory that it's been on for like the past I guess 20 years of Mira writing this so
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm so sick of seeing naked women being violated mm-hmm. I, that's I'm so sick of that
2: I, I did like our sort of final coda which looked like it was gonna be terrible the, the thing at the very end when they're in the tavern, and it's like, yes. oh god, here we go again. And Guts just kind of lifts his leg up and goes, BAM! <laughs> just c- <laughs> cut it off before it gets. That, that. Guts' foot is me. Uh- <laughs> 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 we're just like, yeah, no, it was, we're uh, done.
0: <laughs> it was such a. That was such a. Kind of cliche beat though. I've seen that in so many things oh, where I know. The, the women are drinking or like they're in a in a kind of tavern situation, and guys come up and try and steal them away from their group. And I had this moment of oh no, it's not turned into that. Like from one bad thing to another. But yeah, it's it's ended up in a really pleasant dare I say it, pleasant place. Oh, no, definitely. It seemed like quite an enjoyable series to continue watching.
2: Yeah, I'm actually, when it comes back, because, you know, it said it's coming back, and, you know, it does, like, what, yep. 16 seasons a year or something? And uh, <laughs> But, I mean, where it was... As I was watching for the first couple weeks, I'm going, I don't know if I'm coming back to this after the podcast. Like, But then... Where it was left on this watch along, I went, yeah, yeah, no, I'm keep- yeah. I'm keeping it in my queue, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up because where where the story was left and where everybody was and sort of that, you know, end of the act kind of placement, I went, yeah, I want more of this,
0: and it was the first time actually because um, Peter was recommending this to me for months, like honestly since the the first season aired last year, he was saying, you know, you need to watch this, you should watch this. And I, I kind of wonder where that was coming from right up until these six episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so now I, I finally get it. I see exactly where you're coming from. I think we saw some really satisfying character arcs, oh, which yeah. is always something that I, I will go to an anime for and I can overlook quite a lot in service of a satisfying character arc. So on the one hand, yeah, we've got Casca, she's basically stagnant. On the other hand, we've got Farnes and Shirka as oh, well yeah. is a, such a great addition to the cast but let's let's kind of look at these for a little bit so let's look at Fanez to start with because i i for my mind she is the she is the character that i feel i really latched onto in berserk she is the reason that i would continue watching between season 1 and season 2 mm-hmm. i think so how did you feel about her character arc in the end, once we finally got to see the whole thing?
2: It really did not go in the direction I was expecting, but <laughs> no, me neither. I'm okay with that. Because yeah. we got, it's like we got to see this moment for her. like this, mm-hmm. We got to see the literal second when she knew what she was going to do with her life, which, which to me I love seeing in a character when you just you have that moment just boiled down for you and it was that moment of course with casca and the knife uh and protecting her and then just going oh oh and then just running to shirka and it's like okay i expected her to get stronger i expected her to go in a different direction with her fighting but i was super not expecting the magic
0: (laughs) no i wasn't expecting that either although now it kind of makes sense i'm not sure on the one hand, I'm thinking, oh, you know, this is kind of leaning towards any any women with power are powerful because of magic, not because they actually fight through physical combat. But we have had Casca, yeah. who is a very acclaimed, respected warrior when she's kind of mentally okay. So maybe that kind of balances it out. Awesome. I don't know. I, I don't want all the female uh, characters with power to be... Magical, I think. I, I can understand
2: but... that, but I think also with Shirka, we've seen these moments, especially in these most recent six episodes, where we see that just because it's not, you know, blood and guts and guts and blood, to quote the <laughs> songs, uh, it's, it's not Indeed. that kind of fighting, we see that she actually is very strong. Like...
0: I'm not saying that magical power is inferior to oh, no, physical I, I... combat prowess. Just that I, I don't want it to... in, in the same way as when you see female characters kind of typically given the healing role and that doesn't make it less powerful, but it does mean that they're all kind of sidelined into that sort of position. As
2: a Super Robot Wars player, yes, I do see that quite a bit. No. All, the, <laughs> all the robots steered by women are healers. Uh, but no, I, I yeah. get what you're saying. I do think and I hope uh what i'd like to see i'd like to see farnes sort of be the the meeting point between those two styles
0: yes because she that would be perfect she
2: does have combat ability and yeah. i would like to see her supplementing it with magic i did love serpico's reaction <laughs> <laughs> just his oh my lord you know? just yeah. just sort of f- fainting couch type thing <laughs> but
1: Jason Thompson actually said something interesting uh, in that regard recently. He said uh, often in fantasy settings, there's this clash between uh, magic and science, but he thinks that it boils down to something closer to rationality versus irrationality. Uh, And when I thought about the Farnese deciding to learn magic through that lens, it kind of made sense uh, since she sort of transitioned from religious belief um, into using magic and shirk i think is probably one of the most rational characters in the series um even when she's having that like emotional episode in the burning mansion she kind of like recognizes that she's not in a mental state to be practicing magic um so she's able to kind of step back and and look at her even herself uh through that lens so i i think that's sort of uh farnese's is part of her like greater uh kind of character journey of trying to um kind of understand the world um, rather than just like listen to what other people are telling her about it and hoping for the best as was her relationship with her religion.
2: And I think it's also it's tough for us to judge the role of benevolent magic users in Berserk because we're just now seeing benevolent magic users in Berserk. (laughs) So yes (laughs) it's like I, I I would love to say more about it and I would love to Sort of predict more, but this is so strange. You know, I yeah. mean, it's it's completely welcome. I'm liking, I'm enjoying seeing that the supernatural, the unnatural, is not always the enemy. Uh, I'm liking that a lot. Yeah. Because as as weird and cool as the spirit, I, I love that little Kilroy monster. You know that popped out when they were when they were sort of first between. Uh dimensions or whatever it was, or in the astral or whatever it was kind of I knew it was supposed to be scary, but it was cute but as as wild and crazy and weird as the the Eldritch and the evil is, I love the I love the benevolence, mm-hmm. so I think at the moment, I'm just happy that we have that at all, regardless of who exhibits it because it's such a refreshing change.
0: I think you're right though that Finance is a bridge between the two, in the same way as Guts is kind of a bridge between the two. People are always saying, how can a mere mortal stand up against these magical forces? And now he's got this, uh, the berserker armour, which allows him to really tap into Ooh, the yeah. less mortal side of himself and to to try and control it without being controlled by it. And so he's kind of a bridge character. And I think, Peter, you've talked before about, was it, you talked about Farnes and uh, Guts being somewhat similar in certain ways was that right
1: um i i agree with that sentiment but i think the only like long kind of diatribe i've gone off on was uh, how nina is a disempowered guts previously although i, ah. I think he and Farnese share a lot of traits as well
0: i had forgotten she existed so. <laughs> <laughs> thank we, you we were doing so well you, you asked yeah <laughs> doing so well um yeah the fun is and Griff, uh, and guts sorry both as kind of bridge characters between the the well, I guess the rational and the irrational, the the magical and the non-magical, that would be such an amazing position for her to achieve. And Griffith also is one of those characters. He has a human side, but he also has a very inhuman side. And we haven't really seen as much yet, I think as we're going to, of what that really means for him. But we're building up this collection of characters who are stepping across those those two worlds. And I think that's absolutely fascinating.
2: Yeah, on the on the topic of the berserker armor, which by the way, I loved the introduction of that. Oh, yes. I yeah. I also love that it's a it's kind of a visual shorthand for Guts's character arc. Go on. Uh because I mean, we're we're even seeing even we we're seeing towards the middle of our watch that Guts was doing these things of, you know, when Farness says I want to follow you and of, instead of going get lost, he just goes uh, I, I guess if you choose to, I can't stop you. And he's letting Shirka hug him. And he's being, uh, he's he's not not Guts, which I think is important. He hasn't suddenly not become Guts, but we're seeing so much more of this. Taming isn't the right word. I don't know what the right word is, but sort of this this managing of himself and this managing of who mm-hmm. he is. And his mentality, which we've been seeing through the entirety of these uh, these two series, uh, it doesn't letting always... go of his resentment. Exactly, and so I liked seeing sort of in those moments of him in the berserker armor having to work out in his brain. No, you have to sort of hold not hold back you have to sort of control this you have to sort of maintain this it can be a part of you as long as it is not you because then you become it which has sort of been his story in general as i've been watching him just not on quite an extreme level we see it passively but not something he's actively working on
0: what i think is fascinating about his time in the armor is when um shirka says to him remember why you're doing this every what you're doing right now it has a purpose remember what that purpose is and guts kind of gives the impression all the way along that his purpose is to oh god i can't even pin down his purpose but basically it's related to griffith right he's trying to get his revenge on griffith or he's trying to stop griffith or whatever it is berserk i found to be a bit of a complicated story i have genuinely struggled to follow it at times um but actually, when he's in the armour and he's asked, what is your purpose? He goes straight to Casca. He goes straight to protecting someone. And that is something that we see repeated. We see with Farnes, of course, you know, she comes to herself when she realises that she is fighting to protect Casca or she's fighting to protect anyone. She has never been in the position of protecting someone weaker than herself before. And that was extremely powerful for her. And that was the moment that led to her saying, I, w- I want to learn about magic. And we see this for Shirka as well. Like she doesn't really have to be with them, but she chooses to be, and she's choosing to protect them. She's currently kind of the heaviest hitter on the team, really. She's yeah. she's helping them out an awful lot. And even Ishidoro, he's he seems to be coming more to the idea of protecting the people around him and not just fighting for fighting's sake or to to be stronger, to be a better thief, whatever. So this this seems to be kind of a character-defining experience for anyone who experiences it. Yeah. Does that make sense?
2: No, it makes total sense. Also, because as they started grouping together, they did all have their own personal goals. You know, yeah. I want to be stronger. I want to know what your deal is. I'm here with her, or whatever. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, as soon as they all start latching into the idea of protecting, yeah. they work as a unit. And mm-hmm instead of watching a show about a bunch of people who are trying to coexist and maybe sort of have a similar goal along the way by the end of the last episode i felt like i was watching you know practically a family you know
0: yes exactly and they really played that up when they had that moment where guts remembers being in the band of the hawk and then he said i didn't think i'd have this again and you see the group around him and to my mind that um, how to say, that balances out any potential implications that, for example, Guts looking after Casca being quite paternal. Like, it doesn't come across that way in the context of everyone is looking out for everyone else.
3: Yeah.
0: Or Farnes looking after Casca being maternal. It doesn't. It doesn't come across that they're being pigeonholed into these roles. It comes across as they are... Their characters are developing to a point where they're able to prioritise other people more than themselves. And
2: they really are becoming very much a unit. And yes, in-
0: exactly. Instead of
2: this circle where you have a couple lines drawn between a couple of characters, they're all connected to each other. Even, the, even really the ones who never hung out. You know, you're starting to see, yeah. you're starting, yeah, you do have stronger bonds between some characters, but even the ones who were sort of separated in the, uh, the first story, you're seeing them come together too and maybe not with the same uh intensity but they're all sort of becoming they're they're all sort of coming together and i like that a lot
0: and i think it contrasts with what we see on griffith's side of things where he's inspiring people to follow him as the leader he is not building a band of equals he's calling it band of the hawk but it is not like the band of the hawk that he used to lead no at all it is very much a group of people following their leader I think that's, again, we talked about Guts and Griffith representing different types of masculinity and Guts is almost leading by example and he by being vulnerable in front of them he's making himself an equal to them even though he's immensely powerful whereas Griffith seems to be just standing up above ahead of all of them. I think that'd be quite a different... We we haven't spent much time with Griffith in these six episodes but I think that is quite a different dynamic. yeah. Okay, can we talk about Casca for a second? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no,
2: that's about all I got. At the... It's just, <laughs> I, had, I had hopes, you know, and granted it looks like whenever the next season starts, we're going to be going in that direction. Uh, I'd just like to get there. The tiniest thing I noticed that gave me the tiniest hope, and this was this was one of those little back of my brain latch on things, when Shirka was sending around the hey, there's an ogre and all of a sudden yeah. you, you hear Kaska verbalize ogre. Yes. They did Yeah, she does they didn't subtitle it. Uh but I heard it and I was like, Okay, she you you throw her a thought, she gets it.
0: That's interesting because I I, I kind of heard it as you did, but I didn't I didn't attach any significance to it. But you're right; if she was actually forming kind of actual words, that's meaningful. Peter, do you know if that's reflected in the manga in any way?
1: Um, honestly, I don't think so. Something something else happens with Kasuka that's pretty interesting in regards to like agency and protecting others. Um, Is this a spoiler? Um, I mean, not for. In the series. I couldn't even tell you when the next season's coming out. So I. Uh, <laughs> it happens in the next We can story talk. Maybe. I mean, if you want me to, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm more than happy to talk about it.
0: No, 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 no. Let's keep spoilers for a particular section so people can choose to skip it if they want to. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's talk a little later. Okay. So, Kaska, I found to be a very frustrating character this entire time because she is basically the tool to the development of other people's characters and that's that's the role that she has that's the purpose she serves and that's a real shame i mean it's genuinely impossible for her to to have more than very limited agency so we see that she does have some we see that she she starts baring her teeth at guts after he attacks her and you know fair enough um and she will not let him near her even after he saves her repeatedly she stands behind farnes and she glares at him and it is very clear that all is not forgotten or forgiven but that's kind of the extent of it, I think.
2: You know, I mean I'm I'm glad that someone finally got around to saying, Hey, if we're going to a magic fairyland, do you think do you think <laughs> yeah. maybe someone with all this great fairy magic could help her out some? It's like you know, I'm Yeah. I, I'm glad the idea of maybe doing something about it finally occurred to somebody. Yeah. That, absolutely. Yeah, I was I was waiting around, I was like, Okay, you're talking to witches. Uh, all this other stuff, maybe bring up this. No, okay, we're not going to do that. Okay. (laughs) And I I, I do enjoy the fact that that was kind of addressed.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about Shirka and Sonya. So Shirka, I think, has been, I think we can all agree, she's been a great addition to the cast. She's really brought a quality to the group that was not there in any other form and she's really balanced out the cast i think from something that was quite quite dark and tormented into something that is better rounded and has a very different kind of power in it it's not all just about who has the biggest sharpest sword and that has i think been immensely valuable and of course we can see this great story arc ahead of us where she's now training farnes in magic but Shirka and Sonya was a really sweet moment, I thought, when they they talk about the Sonya's position in the Band of the Hawk, where she's been effectively sidelined for Princess Charlotte. Yeah, and how she recognized something of herself and her loneliness in Shirka, who's who, as Peter said, she's very rational. So she's not really talking about the fact that she's just lost her home, all the family that she's known her all of her sense of structure and stability has gone in an instant and she's dealt with it very well.
2: Yeah, she really she really has and a lot of times when you see something like that happen with a character it's unrealistic. Um, yep. I've I've seen some movies and things where it's like, "Oh, my house is burned down and all my family's dead, but I'm good." Um, but yes. with but with her we see one we see the rationality up front. So yep. we know that she will bounce back. Two, she does grieve. You know, yes. she grieves quite a bit and she's still going to grieve when she encounters things that remind her of Flora. You know, like yeah. the thing with the hat. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's you know, coming from someone who knows that's realistic grief when you lose someone. You have your moment then life goes on but then something comes into your line of sight that reminds you. Yes. And everything comes out just out of nowhere. And that's that's realistic grief, so I I loved seeing that.
0: Yeah, I thought it was really beautifully handled.
2: Yeah, but with with Sonia, yeah, that was that was a sweet scene. I love the the quote unquote ugly duckling story. That was so, <laughs> the animation for that was darling and
0: it was adorable. And it,
2: the little the little forest owl and you know co- comparing Shereka to an owl and everyone was some kind of bird, and and then just the seagulls just everywhere around them. It was. It was a very honest moment, and yeah. with a character like Sonia, who just, you're never quite sure what her deal is, because, I mean, she seems like a very honest person, but, boy, she says some wild things sometimes, and she does some wild things sometimes, and she just smiles all through it,
0: and just... It seems like she has complete confidence in her convictions and acts on impulse as a result.
2: Yep. And... Which I
0: think is a really interesting character trait.
2: Oh, yeah, and... Seeing her just sort of sit down for this bearing her soul moment, yeah, and get- getting Shirka to open up too
0: exactly, and they I think within the group, people aren't gonna spend a lot of time asking Shika how she is, yeah, <laughs> that's not really the sort of group that it is, um, and they've all they've all experienced grief, they've all experienced loss, they've all experienced loneliness, so they're not really gonna spend a lot of time connecting with her on that level. So it's it's really great that we got to see a little bit of that vulnerability and a little bit of heart there between the two of them. And I thought it was lovely that Sonia asked her to come along, actually. I There was a moment where I thought, is she going to go? Is she going to go and meet <laughs> Griffith?
2: Aww.
3: That
0: would have been really interesting. That would have been wild, yeah. But of course, they've got this whole she has a crush on guts thing. But, and I'm not sure if it's people telling her she has a crush on guts or if this is actually... She has a crush on Guts, and the way, we're just being led up to it.
2: The way I saw it, and again, this is interpretation, largely, of is she has just lost her mentor. She does not have- she, this is her first time in her life without a mentor, and there is now this leader who is a very- I can't believe I'm saying this about Guts. He's a very warm and kind person. He's, you know, he's
0: become that, he's hasn't become he? He gave a lot of advice these six episodes yeah. and a lot of words of comfort. And
2: and you, I can see her as a young girl latching on. And it's, uh, to me, it's sort of the way that people accuse fellow students of having a crush on a teacher when it's right. when it's it's not <laughs> it's not a literal romantic crush. It's like a personality crush. Yeah. It's a, I really admire them so much. I just want to sit next to them and listen to them all the time. And yeah. that's that's how I interpreted it. And yeah, people are going to call that a crush. Especially when it's a little girl.
0: Cause I really didn't appreciate that it came from the fairy. Yeah. I was like, you're, you're supposed to be her companion and her ally. And it's just... It's not, it's not fair to to tease her about this in front of Guts. That just felt really uncomfortable to me. I wish it had come from someone else. Yeah. It, but
2: yeah, because I, I could be wrong. And maybe as we get further along, I'll see that I was wrong. But the way I saw it is, like I said, a personality crush rather than a romantic crush. Yeah. And, you know, and he, and and Guts doesn't seem to care. He's like, oh, okay there's a uh, okay whatever (laughs) that's nice well
0: she's she's a little girl to him and an ally she's somebody powerful who's who's helping him out yeah exactly. i think it's on the paternal side
1: because yeah yeah i like like we've been saying she lost her mentor and i don't think she had a really a father figure uh flora's basically raised her since she was uh extremely young i don't know they don't really cover like how long she's just been with her and uh, I think she got instruction from her a lot, but it was never in a setting where there was a lot of conflict. So right. um, being in these situations where there's really high stakes and then afterward, Guts kind of affirms that she made a major contribution. And especially because she respects Guts as well. Uh, like during the, uh, the fight uh, where before she causes the flood, they each have a moment where she's looking down at him fighting the troll going like, how is somebody doing that without magic? And then she, like, creates a biblical flood. And he goes, oh, like, wow, magic's pretty crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. And then afterward, he he says he was really impressed by her. Um, yeah. And then I, yes. later on, they had the scene at the beach where she was uh, not feeling so great. And he kind of, you know, did the guts thing where he is very strangely supportive. <laughs> so I think it's it's kind of like having a father for the first time and also having someone who... She's really grown to respect in a short amount of time. Also, like, returning that respect is a big deal to her as well.
0: And we see, I think, the final part of Guts's growth arc that you, you, Peter, have been tracking yeah. this entire time where it's really Shirka's fault that Kaska gets lost and he just says to her, we don't blame you at all. You did a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He tells her to relax and, and then
1: the answers will come to her, and then it does.
0: Exactly. And he just, yeah, he just takes that off her shoulders so that she can do what she needs to do. Uh, he could not have done that in the first six episodes. He was incapable, and he's grown so much to that point. So I was very, it was, it was really nice to see that wrap up. And I don't think I would have picked up on that this time through. So I'm really glad that you pointed it out every single podcast. Like a, we've got another, mm-hmm. another example of him seeing Kafka get lost, of reacting slightly better each time.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I don't think I noticed, I noticed there was like a change in his character, but uh, looking back with that awareness, like on my, cause I, I guess I've gone through the story arc like three or four times now, you can see the specific yeah. moments that built up to that change in awareness.
0: I'd like to talk about this a little bit because we we spoke about it after the recording ended last time. But you said that Mira, who who wrote the manga, was 15 years old when he started. I
1: think that's when he did yeah. a lot of the first conceptual drawings like of Guts. And then he, he had like a, yeah. a beginner chapter. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. It was Berserk Something uh, where I think like. Uh, Guts' tattoo was rounder, and he had the katana, I think, or something. Um, but it was basically the first chapter of the original manga. And then uh, after that, I think that won an award, and he got his, like, you know, publishing deal. And then he went on to write the actual manga, like, a year or two later. So, uh, yeah, all this was coming from a very, very young age. He started pretty young.
0: And what you said to me, because I thought this was really interesting, was that it starts off as much more of kind of a teenage boy power fantasy. Mm-hmm where you've got guts versus griffith you've got this kind of traditional rivalry where they're friends and they they you know have their have their differences have a clash and then it turns into this story really much more of found family yeah and the the kind of maturity the the maturity difference i guess between the very beginning of berserk and then where it ends up going is quite striking, and I've really felt that. Looking at this in six-episode chunks as well, I mean, how many years of manga does this represent? A lot.
1: It's a monthly, so...
0: Yeah, so it's quite a it's quite a few years that we're we're covering here in his own personal growth, and I think you can absolutely see the difference between the first six episodes of this watch-along and the last six. Oh, it's yeah. such a much more sophisticated, developed, mature story in these last six episodes. I
2: was going to say, when you put it that way, because I had... I have so little uh, connection with the manga. I've never even actually looked at it beyond character art. But yeah. when you put the timeline in those terms, everything makes so much more yes. sense. Oh, it's like <laughs> it does, doesn't it? I mean, uh, it's it's kind of like reading Dark Tower, where you're starting with a 19 year old Stephen King and then going to you know how he is now, and it's like you can trace that. you you can trace that huge uh, change. But if you didn't know that it was started by a teenager and you didn't know that it was happening over years, you'd be like, what the heck is wrong with this guy? Was he having a bad week? Uh, (laughs) But then I, you know, with with that context, I'm just, does it make sense to say I'm actually even more impressed?
0: Yeah, especially when you see the art that he was putting out in his teens. It's incredible.
2: Yeah, and when when you're looking at his personal growth, and I guess, you know, and this, this I think, would fall into his concept of people. You know, how how he sees people, how he sees characters, what he sees is okay to write. Um, Because I do notice the tonal shift to the point where it seemed like a whole, either a whole other person or an older person. And now I guess it's like, oh, okay. No, that really is someone who... Started young with a very, you know, sort of. You know, when when you said he was fifteen years old, I'm like, well, that explains so much about guts. You know, when you when you look when you look at him, it's like guy with sword as big as him who just cleaves. Yeah, yeah, back of back of a fifteen year old boy's English notebook.
0: (laughs) It was too big to be called a sword, much too thick (laughs) and crude. Yes, yeah, it does make sense, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, there's, I think, a lot of components to that, because uh, he said in interviews that he based the original Band of the Hawk around uh, his friend group. Um, and yes. the relationship between Guts and Griffith was him with, uh, he was very competitive with one of them. And he said, at times, each of them were Guts and Griffith. It wasn't like he was one and, and the other guy was the other character. Um and um, I like I, I think there's like a lot of ways you can read into that because if he sort of separated from that friend group when he you know got into his career with manga, that could have uh, resulted in like the eclipse um, And oh wow, when you're and I don't know if the, if that's if something he's recreated with this new group, if they're supposed to fill the same roles, um, because it doesn't quite seem like all the same like notes are there among the friend group uh, with the, no, the old and the not new not band.
0: Um, I was just going to say it also makes sense when you look at the gender balance and the way female characters are handled. You look at early Casca and even though I mean I really enjoyed Casca but she was far from a perfect character even when at her fighting best and the way she was represented was far from as good as it could have been and she was really the only one. There was what her and Princess Charlotte Mm -hmm. and that was about it. It was not a satisfying palette of female characters it really
2: was sort of you have tough girl you have princess those are exactly those are two types of girl in world you know and even
0: tough girl is going to be introduced as a naked bed warmer yeah for the main character with his enormous sword (laughs) so i think the fact that we now where we've ended up in episode 24 with this really textured rich group of people with Individual characters that really aren't aren't that connected to their genders. I think Sheik would be essentially the same character, whether whether she were male, female, non-binary, whatever. Yeah. And same for same for Farnes, same for Serpico, even like these characters could swap gender or change gender, and it would they would still be the same characters, effectively.
2: Like if I and I think yeah. that's go ahead.
0: Whereas you couldn't, you couldn't do that with early Casca. You couldn't really do that with Guts because of the way that he's, he's kind of buys into so much, so many masculinity tropes.
1: Well, I think, I think so, his like his whole character has sort of become like uh, toxic masculinity becoming more, uh, a yeah. more healthy, or mature version of masculinity. So yeah, you could definitely yeah through definitely through that lens, it it's that hard way. to separate him from his maleness. Also, the big sword. <laughs> oh. Wait, oh, yeah. but
0: yeah also sword. the rage dog the rage dog thing and the, the berserker armor like you say it's like he's learning how to get control of his more toxic side and that ties in with what we've seen of his responses to Casca being lost Um, and he he's just grown so much and he's ended up as a much more even handed character and a much more interesting character oh, than yeah. he starts off being he's not just on this revenge trail which is great
2: doesn't feel like the show that i was watching in high school that uh was largely a meme because yes. because the characters were i mean we loved it but we loved it because we could sort of giggle at how one note it was
0: yeah mm-hmm. this is not one note <laughs> yeah. where we've ended up this is far from one note it is a really interesting story the characters are really unusual Peter, you said something last week again after we stopped recording about Serpico, and I can't remember what it was. But I said we have to talk about that next time.
1: Well, Serpico's a character. I don't remember specifically what I said, but my general thoughts about Serpico are: <laughs> he yeah. is there. There's de- he's actually one of the least developed characters at, at the where the manga mm-hmm. currently stands. I think, and I'm really wanting him to start getting some moments soon because he's. Um, yeah I mean you're seeing right now he was he really wanted to help Farnese but he didn't know how to do it so uh, he ended up just sort of maybe even facilitating her like continued isolation for a really long time um, and at this point they're kind of in this really awkward relationship where um, I don't think Farnese really trusts him she had that moment where she sort of secured his loyalty again when they burned his mother at the stake which is odd but uh, now uh, she still doesn't know why he rejected her um, and he because he has never told her that he's her brother uh, so at this point I think she kind of like she probably loved him and uh, was rejected by him and that's the first like maybe the only time she's ever really opened herself up to another person and uh, where it sits now they're still in this awkward place where he said no and she doesn't understand why and they're friends but uh, I, there's still that distance between them so I, I want some development for him uh and specifically i hope it takes the form of him maybe sitting her down to have a talk about (laughs) the fact that they're related
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that was what i wanted to talk about is they not, not that specifically but um the fact that he's kind of played this role of an enabler yeah like you said contributing to her continued isolation through caring for her through letting her basically do whatever she wants he's never said to her this hurts me this upsets me, this frustrates me, anything like that. He's just let her continue to be who she is. And as a result, she's going through this identity crisis at the moment where she feels quite torn torn up inside of how she's treated him. And I think it does a really good job actually of showing how harmful that can be and of showing how that doesn't actually help the other person at all. She's in a much better position since people have said to her like you you have a responsibility here you need to do it and just kind of held her accountable for her mistakes Mm -hmm. without kind of treating her cruelly as she treated other people so i think he's been a really he's served an interesting purpose in that sense in terms of him being a character i think he's intriguing but as you said he hasn't really done as much yet
1: yeah, he's basically just, like, the the off-fighter who uses speed instead of strength in their group right <laughs> now. So
0: I did love his fight with Guts, though. That is still one oh, of my favorites. Yeah. Uh,
1: they have another one, It's which is even better. It's really oh, good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, on that subject, I actually think that that's, like, the last thing I've really noticed about how Amura's writing style has changed over the 30 freaking years he's been writing this is uh, kind of how he approached uh <laughs> In the same sense where you know you have that male power fantasy, I think he also wrote a lot of the characters' backstories to be very tragic because that's cool.
3: Right. Um,
1: but I think <laughs> over the over the course, he's been had a growing awareness of how this really affects people, and he's been treating that with much more respect and actually focused on how people can overcome these pasts rather than kind of just exist with this like past torment, making them you know cool antiheroes. Because uh, I mean, I think the majority of the characters in Berserk have at least the ones that are focused on have like suffered an extreme amount of abuse in their childhoods. And I think in like its current iteration, he's really focusing on like how that has really deeply affected them in their modern life and their efforts to try to over like to, to change and kind of find happiness.
2: Yeah, Shirk is the only one I can think of off the top of my head who had a not awful childhood. Because she learned magic with her mentor, and sat in the sun with her mentor and the golems, and things were pretty okay.
0: Yep. Until she saw it all burned in front well, of her yeah, while still being a child. I
2: mean, up until this happened, yes.
1: Though- <laughs> yeah, but she has she has the support network in the now. Uh, yes, right. exactly. she does They're-
0: but I would, I would argue we've just seen her tragic past we've, formed we've just yeah. seen
2: her tragic past but she had people with her as opposed to it happened to me 20 years ago and then I you know shaved my head and got a bionic arm and you know whatever <laughs> but um,
0: yeah this is true but
2: like the, the other thing I wanted to mention about Flora before I forget I know it's such a small thing but I loved her little conversations with death those ah, were so yes. they were very you mean the Discworld to me, actually. Mm, Just because I I love Discworld and I think of the witches and the you know, the way people talk to Death when they don't when they are really
0: matter of fact. And, and and
2: the fact that in that world Death is not a villain. And here she calls him old friend and you know, they chat and when it's finally time for her to go, it's not he's come in like some Sort of homebreaker. She's like, oh, okay, and it's—I don't know. I—you don't see it often in stories, and I love when it's handled. Sort of, yeah, we saw death in a very extreme place in um, the first season that we watched, but here you saw him as a as a visitor and someone who was part of you know this very—you know—that he was treated very kindly and very and very That's friendly and I really I love seeing that and I love seeing that handled well in stories.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I
2: know but, I know it's so small and it's not something that contributes to the overall plot but it was such a pretty touch. And it was such Yeah, was, absolutely. And it was a major piece of character development for a character we don't see much and that we're not going to see much
0: because I really yeah. yeah. Well, I really enjoyed Flora's character in general. It was nice to see somebody who has Kind of who is calm, who has knowledge, yeah. who is able to offer some protection. It was really nice to see her in that position. Oh yeah. It was nice to see anyone in that <laughs> position, but uh, to be honest, but especially seeing an adult woman who is able to offer that—that that was that was a nice kind of different change of tone.
2: Yeah, and I've I've read my hero journey, so when, the minute I saw her, I was like, well, she's gonna die. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know,
0: no, I was
2: like. <laughs> Yeah, Shir- Shirka can't go any further without her dying, and that's unfortunate, yeah. but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is.
0: But I thought that was i thought that was quite well done as well, where she says she's going to die, and we, we're all aware of this. But then when it actually comes to it, Shirka's like, no, it wasn't supposed to be violent. You were supposed to have a peaceful death. That was That was kind of heartbreaking. That really got to me. Yeah,
2: oh, definitely. It was... That that whole section, all those scenes, that that very last vision of Flora, which was yeah. very pretty. Where,
0: yeah. Where she's suddenly young. Yeah. So I thought it was an interesting choice. Uh-huh. I'm not reading anything into that. <laughs> okay, let's just looking back, Peter, is there anything that surprised you at any point in the the discussion that we've had over these four watch alongs? Is there anything that you thought we would go into more detail on or that we'd kind of like more than we did or anything like that
1: uh well you definitely uh, touched uh, yeah you made it abundantly clear that all the points that i thought you'd have trouble with you had trouble with <laughs> um, <laughs> which were uh just you know all the horrible horrible visuals that mira kept putting into his uh his show yep. um, yeah. Or I yeah he put in his manga they put in the show um Then there's, I'm glad you liked Farnese, uh, because I thought that would be kind of like the big hook character that would pull you in and get you interested. you were right. Until the introduction of Shirk, (laughs) who I thought you'd also like. Um, Yep. (laughs) I guess I thought there might be, um, I kind of expected, I didn't know how it would go with Nina. Uh, Nina, I think, is one character that's generally (laughs) disliked, so that wasn't honestly too surprising. I guess I, uh, we never really talked about Sonya too much. I think, although she hasn't that's really gotten true. too many moments yet, she becomes a pretty big character later on. But right now, um, I guess just the fact that she's very starry-eyed and enamored with Griffith. Uh, although I guess that's something that pretty much every character is. So maybe uh, when i are thinking <laughs> about it that way, it's not very yeah. uh, unusual. Although she certainly seems kind of obsessed with him.
0: That she saw herself as being... Uh, her position as being usurped by princess charlotte was quite interesting Mm -hmm. so did she think that she was going to be romantically involved with him or did she think that her relationship with him kind of transcends romance i wasn't sure Uh, how she sees her relationship to him
1: definitely she definitely gets jealous of charlotte later on so um, okay i don't uh, when you say it about that way i don't know really if i have any evidence to think that she wants it to be a romantic relationship so much as she resents the fact that charlotte takes up so much of his time because um, right. she wants to be the one that's always standing next to Griffith. See, I'm, uh, I'm
2: the special one, basically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, she does have uh, her own special power, which is something that no one else has, um, which makes her unique. And you don't really know the foundation for those abilities either. It's just something she was born with, I guess. Um, her, um, I guess it's like telepathy or something like that. Um, but uh, I think we pretty much yeah hit all the points that I really wanted to I mean everything we didn't I kind of brought up at the end I guess uh, though the one big one was I think Guts is uh, a uh, kind of masculinity in its portrayal which uh we we usually touched on during my portion I guess you uh you noticed it there at the end so I'm sort of glad I kind of uh brought that into the conversation
0: yeah I'm really glad you did it's one of those things that I definitely wouldn't have picked up on otherwise
1: mm-hmm. uh but yeah, and I'm glad you appreciated it when you, know, you sort of got an awareness of it as well but I I think uh yeah, that's like basically all the stuff that has really attracted me to the series. And this this kind of like uh, growth that we see from the first episode to now is kind of like the the, the trajectory, the quality of the manga goes on going forward. Right. Yeah. So like this this sort of increase in in how good it becomes is like a consistent thing that happens. The, these jumps in like the how he shows uh, portrays characters. Uh, the the narratives between them, character arcs, that kind of thing,
0: and that's I think quite important because I suspect that um, I'm not sure I'd recommend Berserk the anime to feminist fans, but I would I would be very interested to read the manga, and I would potentially recommend that to people over the the uh, anime, and I think that the the just the, like you said the visuals like I think it's almost worse when it goes through these layers of interpretation like how do we animate this how do we adapt the character design to move um how do we adapt it for tv censorship laws you know it's how long should the camera stay on them yeah so there's (laughs) there's a there's multiple layers that have to go through to kind of really think through how are we presenting female characters on screen and how are we presenting specifically female characters while they're being raped on screen and it felt extremely uncomfortable for it to be in the anime and I couldn't kind of skip through it because it showed up so often and it was often like just for a few seconds here or there it wasn't like you could skip a scene or anything like that whereas in the manga obviously you can just glance at the page and move on yeah you can turn the page very quickly and it it's also it's just it's just an image it's not a moving image an image in color and Audible I screams that that, and all that. Yeah, and I think that that does make a difference. I think it would have made a difference to me. So I would... I, I still don't quite know if I'm going to carry on watching the anime, but I would absolutely read the manga. Absolutely. Good. So, Kara, how did you feel about, about whether or not to recommend it?
2: It's... See, my thing is, when I recommend a show, when I judge a show, uh, I subscribe to Life's Too Short. Um, you know (laughs)
0: fair there's a lot of anime out there
2: yeah and and this applies to live action shows anything where if someone tells me it gets really good after the first season I say no because I shouldn't have to watch a whole season of bad to get to the good stuff and I'm not saying that all the first season of Berserk was bad but if it makes people uncomfortable then I don't want to have to tell people Oh, there's going to be these there's going to be this amazing witch and there's this soldier yeah. girl who learns magic and there's fairies and this and this, but you got to go through like 12 to 18 episodes of rape to get there. I mean,
0: yes. how do you sell that? You, you absolutely don't. Peter, how did you sell it to me?
3: <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: Cuz I know you kept I know you kept mentioning saying you re- you should really watch Berserk because I don't remember what things you picked up on like looking back it was probably fun as it was probably shirka you knew that i'd like those characters was there was was that kind of the sum total
1: oh, i was think there other stuff when i thought? recommend it i always do it with the massive caveat um but i do say <laughs> you, i mean yeah I, yeah i honestly say that it's big like what attracts me to the show is primarily it's female characters later on yeah uh so i guess that and just the fact that uh i like the whole thing about mira getting older and and maybe kind of moving away from all these problematic things that he was more inclined to write when he was younger I, th- I think is something that can be discussed um, and just the fact that there's very little feminist discourse around this series despite the fact that it has so many strong female characters probably specifically because uh, a lot of female watchers are disinclined to watch it very rapidly So,
0: and I don't blame them I, mean, I don't um, blame you guys yeah
2: I mean I guess, I mean, they're absolutely, if I look at my friend group now, like my specific individual friends, and they ask me, should I watch Berserk, I can think of four where I would just say no. No, you specifically should not watch this uh, for very specific reasons, but, because, you know, there, there are specific people I would absolutely not recommend this to, because it would bring up too many things for them, you know? Yeah. But... If I were to get together with some of my friends, like certain subset of friends, especially say uh, writers, critics, uh, people who uh, you know are ready to watch something analytically and don't necessarily have to deal with anything specifically, I might say watch it because, like like Peter said, you get to watch the creator evolve, and you get you know yeah. you get to see him go from this to this, and you and i would i probably would say up front you probably will get very annoyed at the first season but then you'll start to see things change and you'll and you'll get to sort of watch this writer evolve as a a writer and a human right in front of your eyes
0: as a human <laughs> i know what you you mean. know
2: and it's like you know go, yeah. going from hey won't it be fun to you know have demons assault all these women to you know Hey, what if we had multiple women in this group? And what if what what if what if they were
0: What if they had agency? What if they had character arcs of their and own? And what if
2: what if they did stuff other than getting their clothes ripped off and, you know, grabbed by strangers all the time? So,
0: all that too sometimes. I
2: mean, that I mean, that's not that's not off the table, but you know, <laughs> I my my problem is not I mean, I do have some content problems. My problem that I could probably not get past even my most open-minded friends is the animation. (laughs) Because it's like, you know, I I could probably tell people, you know, it's interesting to look at, to analyze, to talk about, and they'd look at it and go, does it look like that the whole time? And I'd be like, well, yeah, except for for occasionally two (laughs) or three seconds when they had a ton of money to make someone look really sad. And you know the scenes I'm talking about. Where it's like James. all of a sudden it's a close up <laughs> and it's beautiful, and then it's like no, back to the back to the PlayStation sprites, um, but
0: yeah, we had in these six episodes we had that one moment where Guts walks away with the tiniest steps if possible. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that bit was turned into a gif and used to, I think it was used to promote Callum, the Canepa event, Callum, uh, his his article, was it an article on why the animation in Berserk was so bad this (laughs) season? And it's incredible and you just see the gif and I couldn't stop laughing at the gif and then the moment it showed up in the show, it was unfortunate because it's this really kind of emotionally resonant moment but it was... It undermined itself quite badly by being just appalling animation. It's like that
2: scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail where he just (laughs) doesn't get closer and doesn't get closer.
1: (laughs) Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Exactly, exactly.
2: I mean, and it's it's a shame because I can see that they want it to look like the manga. I can see the filter they're putting on it.
0: God, good luck with that. The manga's beautiful. Yeah,
2: I can see what they're going for and it's like, I get you, it's rough. We had similar with Sailor Moon Crystal, where they were going, it's going to look more like the manga.
0: Mm, no, it's. <laughs> this not. is the first and last time those two properties will ever be compared.
2: <laughs> <laughs> B- Berserk and Sailor Moon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they, they do suffer from the, let's make it look exactly like the manga. Oh, wait, there's a reason we never did
0: that. <laughs> yeah, But we physically can't. We
2: physically can't because... It's so pretty in a very specific way and making these characters move in three dimensions is going to look terrible in some way. Yeah, Uh, I mean, and again... I
1: thought the movies did a great job.
0: Oh. I have not seen those. Again, we talked about this. Maybe we'll go away from this and watch the films.
1: The films are very good looking. Uh, They they do use CG during a lot of the combat fights, but during the social scenes it's two-dimensional but in both cases the animation is superior, both 2D and 3D.
2: I mean, no, nothing against 3D, against CG animation, because when it's used well, it's lovely, but
0: this is not that. This
2: is not that. No, I've I've seen, I've seen CG used to great effect in scenes in various anime where mm-hmm. hand drawing it would be possible, but take two years. And
0: yes, yeah,
2: if. If that were the case, if we were talking the massive fight scenes, if we were talking the very busy imagery, uh, then that would be one thing. But when it's just video game cutscene for twelve
0: from two thousand and two for, yeah. for
2: twelve hours, then yeah. I just I that's the
0: st- it's a hard sell
2: even even when the story gets good. And usually, I say you know good story can forgive bad art bad story can't forgive you know good good art can't forgive bad story um yeah but i've found the exception that proves the rule i think where (laughs) the story gets great but i still just mm, i mean i'm not straight up as much as i love it and as much as yes i will continue watching because now i have these characters i'm connected to uh if I had not been doing this for a watch along, I probably would have stopped. Um, I
0: absolutely would have stopped.
2: I the only reason I kept watching for I would say the first season is because I was going to be on the podcast, and then once we got into second season, I was I was here for it, you know. Yeah, it took a you know, a little bit into second season, but then when things started rolling out, I was like. No, nah, I could I could I could have no podcast to go to and still be on board with this. But yeah, it's it is exactly. a hard sell though.
1: On the subject of continuing with the series Dark Horse has released the entire manga digitally uh, on their website.
0: Uh, I did see that. Mm-hmm. So it is possible now so it can read it. to read the whole mm-hmm. thing. I'd very much like to, but it would take me quite a while to to buy up all the volumes i think
1: well, you can uh I can probably figure out what chapter it left off on if you just want to read forward <laughs> honest, honestly the next the next two arcs are pretty amazing, so Ooh.
0: well, you own it, don't you? Yep. yeah, do. I'm coming to visit soon i might just I might just have a okay. then. There you go. <laughs> see yeah um i just i don't I don't think it's a very good adaptation. <laughs> And I have I have a lot of respect for the art of adaptation when it's done well. And I don't think they did a good job of taking a manga story and making it anime. Now I mentioned earlier that I found it kind of I struggled to keep up with it at times. And there've been times when I've come to the podcast and I've watched the episodes and I still don't remember bits because I think the way that it was the way that it was crammed in, the way that it was paced, it it felt very manga, it didn't feel very anime. And I think that's a real shame because I think there were ways that they could go back and adapt it for anime in such a way that it would be easier to follow and keep up with and not feel like they're making it up from, from week to, or, well, I guess from month to month as he was with the with the manga.
1: You mean pacing, not just visuals?
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the visuals are a lost cause, let's face it. Um, but They do touch them up in the Blu-rays. Say, <laughs> I'd like to see that very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I can forgive bad visuals very easily. I have never been put off watching something because of the visuals. If I had been, it probably would have been for the rape. It wouldn't have been for the bad CG. Mm-hmm. But the the way that the story was laid out made it hard for me to follow and meant that I struggled to, to stay invested, to stay involved. It struggled to hold my attention. Again, the only reason I kept on with it was because of the, the podcast. But I actually think I would really like the story itself. The world-building, I think, is really impressive. I really like the the society they've built up. I really like the character arcs they've given them. I really like the dynamics between the groups. I really like where this is headed. But the thought of going through another 12 episodes to get a bit further in the story <laughs> is... It doesn't inspire me with uh, enthusiasm. I mean, I,
2: I can see what you mean about the pacing and stuff. It's like, it feels like they... The problem with manga adaptations of older series or long running series is and and I say this as someone who has, you know, worked on subtitling anime based on manga I've watched and, you know, watched it roll out. There seems to be this mentality that the greatest respect that you can give a manga series is to replicate yeah. it exactly.
0: As And that is wrong. And that
2: is wrong. I mean now what there are I can't even name them off the top of my head, but there's, like, a short list of series. A very, very short list of series where I went, oh, that's literally just the frames from the manga. That's kind of cool. You know, but... You know, as, as in how the scene was laid out. But those tend to be short-form manga. One-volume volu- mm-hmm. one manga. You know? If you... any Any show that can be adapted by just doing the manga. It's going to be one or two volumes long tops. Um, There is that sense of purity that I think fans and fans in the industry have. And they think they're doing a service to Berserk by doing it exactly the same. It's like, no, you can't, you, you can't do a show that way. Like you said. And I think it would have been a greater service to just, make a show that looks pretty and paces well and that maybe whoever is adapting the script can go back and polish up any bits of continuity that will be affected later
0: yes you know because i remember enjoying actually enjoying the experience of watching 1997 berserk yeah whereas this i have very much just been keeping up with it
2: yeah it's and i i it's
0: not because of the animation difference for me personally i can overlook so much in the (laughs) way of animation but the way that the story was told then it felt like it had been designed for a what is it 26 episode anime that's how it felt whereas this feels like we split it into six episode chunks and when you do that it is so obvious how it it doesn't it's not the same kind of consistent level of storytelling quality through the, the 12 episodes for each, each season. You feel it get better and better. And that's how it feels when you read a manga because that's how he's growing, he's developing. It shouldn't feel that way in the anime. And I think something like um, Attack on Titan, for example, does this a lot better, where it, it addresses some of the creator's uh, weaker points. And it shores them up in the anime. It changes the pacing around so that it suits viewers rather than readers. And I think that's really important. And I think it's unfortunately an art that we don't get to see too much of. And it it could have really strengthened Berserk as a whole. One thing I'd like to ask though, if we're talking about ways that they could have adapted it to make it more audience friendly, do we think that they could have reduced the amount of sexual violence or the way that sexual violence was represented to make it more palatable without sacrificing the kind of horror that they're trying to evoke.
2: I think they could have I don't know if they would have like, Well, they
0: absolutely wouldn't have They yeah, didn't but no, but I in mean terms of- I, I,
2: can, I can think of like I can think of places where they could have cut things for example every single you know flashback of Casca when they had that one shot like dr- yes. drop those number one uh, there, there are other images you could have used You could have used a close-up of her face you could yes. have, That, And a lot of people I, I, am, I am not averse to people going hog wild with imagery If it suits, if it suits the story If it helps, if it actually serves the purpose But a lot of things can be told by what you don't see Yes. And they're like, no, we're just going to show everything every single time. Um, And I'm, I'm very much a believer in what you show and what you hide are both important as a storyteller. And they did not play with that.
1: I think we already discussed how they effectively made it worse, uh, both just because the medium sort of prolongs scenes that you could otherwise flip through in the manga, and because they straight up added problematic aspects to episode three.
0: Episode episode three, (sighs) right? They just made up (sighs) a load of sexual violence for no reason. Just
2: the... (laughs) Every time I think
0: about it... (laughs) I second that sentiment wholeheartedly. And I,
2: I read Junji Ito before bed, and this is me going, "Ugh!" So that's
0: that's pretty <laughs> bad. It's such a shame because I do. I, again, I, I really respect the art of a good adaptation. I really respect the way that you can adapt, even very horrifying concepts, to be more. What's the word? More suitable, for an animation for for putting something in color in motion like there are ways that you can make things better i think they did a a decent job actually with some of the really horrific elements i think that they made some of the the eldritch things really really unpleasant really horrific oh yeah and i loved that
2: oh yeah that was so but when cool. they
0: just re- yeah absolutely when he's in the what do they call it in the in- interstices I think where he's he's between worlds or whenever they're kind of slightly between worlds where the worlds overlap. That was always that had monsters in it that really got to me. And in these six episodes, particularly, there were a couple of things where I was like, oh, Nightmare Fuel. It was really well done. Oh, it was. But those
1: Kusanagi backgrounds. Those are really good. Right. Yeah. And Quigaloth.
0: It was it was very well done. But the fact that they went straight to what it felt lazy almost that they were saying, "Okay." Naked women being tortured, uh, ideally penetrated, go. <sighs> yeah. And that, that was how it felt. It was just like box ticking. It wasn't actually trying to... It wasn't trying to create a horrific atmosphere. It wasn't trying to do anything remotely creepy. It was just, oh, this is a shortcut to... This is a shortcut to the idea of horror. It's just let's make naked women suffer in a sexual way because everybody knows there's nothing more horrifying than being raped by something otherworldly yeah and like yeah we get it but you don't have to uh,
2: yeah there were so there were so many better ways they could have done it and then and still have made it unsettling and yes in a way that helped as opposed to unsettling in a way that made me just want
0: to quit yes exactly exactly so right on that happy note (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) so would you recommend Berserk to anyone, Kara?
2: I have a couple of friends, um, who, again, they watched the original. And yeah. I would say, I recommend watching it and getting, you know, getting forward in it, knowing that this, this, and this happens. I would spoil the bad stuff. And I would say, episode three, um, here are the main plot points now you can skip it um -hmm. you know i do things like that uh but i would say if your life is short and you're looking for a show that you're gonna like from episode one you you take that risk on your own because i can't guarantee but i would recommend it provisionally i think
0: yeah to a very select to a very select
2: and then there are Specific people in my friend group that I would actually warn them against it because there are people who do not need to see that,
0: yep, yeah, I think that's entirely fair. I'm not sure I'd recommend it to any woman um anyone who has who I know to have experience of sexual assault absolutely not um that really narrows it down. I'd probably be more likely to recommend it to male friends that I know are interested in the kind of um swords and sorcery type fantasy and I think that's who it was really initially targeting even though it does have a wider audience I was actually introduced to Berserk initially by a female friend of mine who absolutely loved the 1997 series I haven't asked her if she's seen this version <laughs> and now I think I'm going to and I think the answer will be no and I think it, I'll say yep fair enough good decision <laughs> okay finally finally Let's talk spoilers. So if you don't want to be spoiled for anything that's going to come up in the manga, now is the time to turn off. Thank you very much for listening so far. Please let us know what you thought in comments. For everybody who has morbid curiosity about where the story's going and if any of this stuff gets better, Peter, tell us what will we be looking forward to if we were to continue watching the anime? What's the good stuff that happens? Make us feel better. All right.
1: Uh, Any characters you want me to focus on in particular?
0: Let's
2: start with Casca.
1: Yeah. Oh, give me some yes, on this. yes. <laughs> uh, well, some weird stuff happens with Casca. Um, so they, there's this child that starts showing up that they call the moon child um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: because it only appears during a full moon. And I think the fandom is pretty much in agreement that that child is uh, Guts and Casca's child. Um, and if I had to get into the, the – physics of it i think they're like the metaphysics i should say i think that because uh, guts and casca uh had sex directly before the eclipse i think uh basically she got pregnant from that and then griffith raped her and that messed with i don't know bad stuff um wait what what do you mean <laughs>
0: two pregnancies at once uh, think, I, I think i think he like
1: tainted the baby or something like that i think oh that was going on. uh but there, well, there's like a supposed to be a spiritual aspect to the child and the physical aspect to the child the physical aspect is the one that was used that griffith used his material to recreate himself in our reality and then the the spiritual aspect is this moon child that can only appear because the, the full moon is a time where the the planes are really close together i guess Um, and it starts showing up and Casca is drawn to it in the same way that she was the, the weird fetus monster. Um, so the child shows up a couple times and each time Casca is very protective of it. Um, there's a couple scenes where the child's kind of acts a lot like Casca actually. Funny that. Um, but the, uh, it gets in trouble a couple times and she kind of protects it. And in fact, I think that sort of improves her and Guts' relationship because, uh, there's a couple times where he saves that child as well. Um, and I think she cares about this creature instinctually enough that uh, that I guess she values the fact that he protected her or something like that. That's sort of where the implication comes from, I guess. So it's a bit of agency that Casca gets, I think. Um, but on the whole, it's it's more of the same. However, however, however. Uh, so Mira just went on a six-month hiatus. Um, yeah. And we have spent the last... 10 or 12 chapters I think uh with um Farnese and Shirk uh through some magic that they got in I can't remember El- elfhelm I think it is um elf Helm. exploring elf
0: hell elf Helm, I love yeah. elf hell <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> when Isidro's like like what, what elf hell He's yeah. like no
1: they're kind of exploring her metalscape scape and trying to find where she went inside her own mind and they've as a result they've kind of been piecing her back together with her memories uh, and the very last scene in the last panel before he went on his six-month hiatus was uh, they'd like put this doll they found of Koska back together, which was being dragged in a coffin behind a wild dog, which I guess was supposed to be Guts. Um, and uh, they had they found this like recreation of the Eclipse, and in in that scene is this egg, um, and basically we know that Koska is inside of it, um, but we don't know like what she's like inside of this egg. And basically, they're directly in front of this egg, and then Mira, the bastard, goes on a six-month hiatus. <laughs> oh. So,
0: well, it's fair enough if he's been writing for, for 20, 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, he takes hiatuses <laughs> all the time.
1: Uh, him and, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. and Togashi are both known. Uh, they have these story arcs called uh, The Hiatus uh, that they revisit uh, continually. Um, I don't think Mira's as bad as Togashi. Right. Togashi, I think, has taken as many hiatuses as he's had on weeks for Hunter x um, Hunter. Yep. But Mira Mira has his, has had quite a few hiatuses. Although typically it's to either people know it's either to wind down after like doing a particularly dark part of his story and playing <laughs> Love Life, um, or it's to or he literally takes the hiatus. He loves Love Life. Uh, or it's to take a a really long hiatus uh, to draw like three panels that have like four thousand soldiers in period armor in them.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, if I wrote Berserk, I'd probably want to break every yeah. now and again. Sometimes it's okay. mental health,
1: sometimes it's, like, the opposite of that, and he just drew, like, the most ridiculously complex panel in history. So, wow. it's
2: a 50-50. I'm sorry, who's Muta's uh, favorite girl?
1: <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I'm honestly not I have not to sure. look it up now. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that's, like, one of the things he tweets okay, about so, most or something.
0: so things get better for Casca,
1: hopefully. Fingers crossed soon. she'll be back within, like, three chapters of uh in how I mean in what form nobody knows uh
0: and they did actually reference that in the in the anime when they talk about how
1: will she be the um, same person? Is
0: it they say yeah they they say something like what she hopes for maybe not what you hope for mm-hmm. to guts
1: um I'm wondering whether the moon child might play a part in her in like kind of getting psychically recreated the same way Griffith was physically reconstructed, uh which mm-hmm. might empower her in some way as well. Um,
0: oh, you you mean with kind of his charisma powers? Or? Uh,
1: well, I don't know what, about the moon child. Uh, like, maybe, but uh, I, I guess. Because I don't know if, like, the moon child is, like, the actual spirit of the kid before Griffith, like, ruined it. Because um, it, it, it seems very childlike um, and normal. Uh, right. Past the fact that it's essentially a ghost that can only appear during the full moon. Um, yeah. but it's kind of hard to say, like, I have no idea where he's going with this. He's made some pretty heavy implications, both directions. Uh, so, uh, Casca could be pretty much anything when she comes out. I don't think she'll be a bad guy, but what she'll do, I mean, who can say? She's been gone for like, I don't know. It's been like 10 to 15 years real time. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wow, Does she still, does she still... Kind of keep guts at arm's length the way she does in these episodes of the for anime. a
1: long time or the machine. the moonchild thing kind of mends a lot of that I think um, okay because uh, there there's this one scene where the moonchild's like playing on a windowsill and guts is like sharpening all of his throwing knives and the kid falls off he's gonna mm. land directly on the knives and both of them catch the kid at the same time and they sort of end up both holding the moonchild together on the floor um, oh
0: how symbolic yeah okay. so yeah that that's when people went
1: wait a minute <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah
0: yeah because actually we talked about bridge characters and if casca comes back with some extra kind of magical capabilities or supernatural capabilities that would make sense because otherwise she's then the only one who's kind of earthed with Isudro and with serpico so she it it would make sense for her to be kind of elevated and changed in some way yeah
1: i mean at this point you need something to level the playing field against the other guys so
0: yeah exactly exactly yeah
1: and i know we we know she could still fight after the the rape scene where she killed those guys um i guess but
0: uh yeah 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 there's some muscle memory there
1: yeah i, I wish they had done more with or Mira had done more with that personally it doesn't really come up again um with, well i mean yeah. uh, I, I i guess that's sort of a mixed blessing because the only situation in which it might come up again would be a, a repeat scenario so that's kind of good
0: yeah, although I do feel like there were there were ways that you could show that Kaska was still Kaska. Yeah. and things like demonstrating some kind of muscle memory fighting capability that would have been one thing. Things like her forming words at particularly significant moments that would have been another thing, and they they didn't really do that. Yeah, and I think that's I think I think he wants... shame. that's probably one thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry, that's probably one thing that I I would have wanted to see in an anime adaptation to kind of keep us like invested in the idea of Casca as opposed to just like writing her off as this, you know, empty character for two seasons. But I don't think we're going to see that. Oh,
1: for a lot more than two seasons. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Like four to six, maybe. Oh Oh,
0: my my goodness. goodness. (sighs) All right. I'll see you in my (laughs) (laughs) forties. How about Farnes?
1: Uh, so we're actually coming up on an interesting arc with Farnes. Uh, they need a boat um and okay (laughs) yeah it turns out that uh one of the cities they're going to is uh where her family's house is so
2: Uh, is her father still
3: alive yes
1: her whole family's still alive
2: oh boy so
1: she basically says i know how to get us a boat um (laughs) and uh she has to uh, confront her father and basically demand that he use his immense wealth to, to get them a, a boat uh, despite the fact that nobody's like uh, sending out ships at the moment because of all the war um, so uh, there's this uh, kind of extended scene where she has to confront her dad um, and actually you also meet her mom uh, and she tries to get the um, the group, you know, a ship and like sailors and stuff to take them across the ocean and um, which I think goes pretty well. Uh, I think it's the same thing where she capitulates to her dad again, uh, which is unfortunate. This also leads to another duel between uh, Guts and uh, Serpico. Um, Nice. But, yeah, in the end, Farnese uh, has a conversation with her mother where her mother encourages her. Well, uh, at first it reveals, uh, I guess I'll just go whole hog on this, Uh, her mom (laughs) basically kind of tells uh, Farnese that Farnese had been just as much a problem for her father as her father was for her. Because as much as Farnese didn't know how to say no to her dad, her dad also didn't know how to control her. Because, you know, she didn't say no, but then she set the house on fire afterward. So uh, the reason he was always so, like, dictatorial around her was because he really didn't know how else to act because he had no idea how to control her and he got very nervous about it. Uh, so, I mean, all of them are pretty messed up, but you kind of it really humanizes them in a, in a way, I guess. Um, and despite the fact that her mom was absent, she basically just went, like, the only thing you can really do in life is, like, you know, uh, what you believe in. So, like, if you want to hang out with your friends and go across the ocean, then go do it, honey. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's kind of how that one turns out. How about
0: out. her her magical training? Uh,
1: goes, uh, she... I, I was actually really uh, happy with how... It's proceeded because, like, there has been regular advancement. Uh, She practices, like, astral projection with uh, um, Shirk and learns how to do that protection spell she did in the church. Um, Ah, brilliant. Yeah, so uh, there's there's one scene where they have to fight some... There's, like, they're near an island and they have to fight some stuff, but they also need to protect the boat. So Farnese puts up the shield around the boat while uh, Shirk has uh, started doing this thing with Guts where... She has to like jump in and make sure he doesn't go berserk when he's using his armor. So, uh, they kind of like, uh, delegate duties that way. That or.
0: That sounds fantastic. That sounds yeah. cool. That sounds. That seems like, oh, man, well, I think back to season one berserk. I'm like, why couldn't you have been this shit? Yeah.
1: Honestly, remember when you were talking <laughs> about, uh, that? where you wanted Grand Blue Fantasy to go? Uh, yeah. Where yes. I wanted it to go, like, cause, you know, they share the powers between Gran and, um, I can't remember her name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but i mean he's na- the show's named after him but not okay but uh yeah uh yeah with her it's kind of Lilia, like
0: yeah was it or something yeah Lilia, or
1: something so shirt yeah. does anyway. this thing where she's like literally like riding on his back uh when he enters the berserker uh when he like you know makes the berserker armor go her astral form gets pulled into it and she's like spiritually riding on his back and keeping him from going insane uh while he's using that stuff oh, wow. that yeah, or she's it. That or she's nuking people with her magic because she does that a lot too.
0: <laughs> okay, that sounds amazing. That sounds so cool.
1: <laughs> There's a scene where uh, she summons like the flaming wheel which lights like a water wheel on fire and it runs down a, a street filled with orcs and destroys them all. Wow. So, yeah, she's, her power is very like elemental and nuclear when she uses it that way. Although that's super dangerous. So actually her using it with guts is like the happiest medium since neither of them goes crazy. <laughs> both of them have this thing where if they like tap into their power too much she'll get possessed by elements and he'll just become a, a raging monster so when they work together so they can control each other
0: almost pacific rim style oh i love it <laughs> yeah. yeah basically <laughs> okay i'm i would definitely read on in the manga i think these these two seasons of anime it's almost like they had to get through them to get to the good stuff yes
1: <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> Yeah.
0: How about Isidro and Serpico? Do either of them get any major developments?
1: Um, Serpico's just recently got a scene where, uh, while the girls are handling stuff in Koska's mind, all the guys are kind of sitting around the a fire. Girls. And,
0: <laughs> the girls. While
1: the, yeah, the girl yeah. and then the boys are uh, are sitting around a fire <laughs> drinking, uh, cracking up on a cold one. Uh, <laughs> and, Cheeky nandes. Yeah, they have uh, a scene where, like, they don't have anything better to do. Uh, so they just kind of drink a lot and then start talking about their feelings, <laughs> and uh, they keep using the excuse that they're drunk and that's why they're they must be being so open or something like that. They're sentimental because yeah, they're sure, drunk, okay. obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they talk a bit about the, you know their their troubles and stuff like that. So it's a very good scene where they're kind of being very emotionally open uh, while the girls are getting shit done. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I definitely want to read that chapter. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Cedro unfortunately, um, he hasn't had too much in the way of character development. Some really good fights. Uh, I think probably his, like, biggest development is the whole... He gets the fight against Guts, but that's... And then does other cool stuff, because he has a wind sword. But, yeah, uh, he's he's kind of still still uh, Serpico.
0: I mean, he Cedro does have a great piece of development in the anime, though, that we've seen. Like, I... We didn't really talk about this in the main body so much but he does get to a point where he is fighting without thinking so he his training is actually kicking in Mm -hmm. and he's also learning humility as he goes where he realizes that he's not like the bluster doesn't matter that's not what matters here he needs to actually be strong not just not just talk like he's strong
1: yeah
0: i think and his respect for guts as well that seems to really deepen it goes from wow you're so cool to I really respect you and want to be like you. You're protecting everyone. So I think he does actually go through his own little arc even within the anime. And if they just build on that, I'd be quite happy. He's very young. He's got time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, he definitely lays off of uh, Shirk um, and comes to respect her a lot more. Um, Right now, he's got kind of this interesting thing going on. He does get better at fighting. He's got a couple fight scenes where it shows, you know, his regular growth. Um, But he's also got this weird relationship going on with one of the new people, Isma who's a mermaid, um, who they meet in the ocean. I just (laughs) She's a mermaid. who She can switch between fins and legs. uh, And she's, like, around his age and also very excitable, like he is. um, (laughs) But, like, more spiritually aware. And uh, they kind of have this. She's, like, the new crazy one, I guess. uh, And now he's having trouble, like, taking, like, I don't want to say taking care of her because she's very uh, self-sufficient, but keeping up with her. So you know how is always doing the crazy stuff and other people have to kind of yeah. tell him to n- knock it when off? When you
0: say crazy, what do you mean? Like uh, Just in... the
1: impulsivity. Uh, kind of like Sonia, actually, okay. I guess is a good allegory okay. for what Isma's like. Uh, yeah, she's, like, very inclined okay. when they meet new people to, like, run off and talk to him or something like that. And uh, yeah. he doesn't think it's a good idea a lot of the time, although really his uh, concerns are not often well-founded because she can take care of herself. So, um, i don't know it's it, it's a weird thing going on maybe he's supposed to like her or something it's it, it's, <laughs> it's it's a it's a new interaction so i'm still not quite sure about it but uh yeah Isma's pretty interesting as well
0: i appreciate if they don't just jump straight to romance mm-hmm. like it doesn't really suit berserk i don't do think that, i don't think so. she's
1: interested at all if that's the case uh I don't she's just kind her, of chilling with the him. the crew uh, yeah, there's her and this <laughs> he's, sailor he's guy. He's still pretty obnoxious, right? Yeah, the sailor guy is pretty interesting. <laughs> Actually, uh, is it Farnese's brother that's along with them too? Um,
3: what? Yeah. She has a brother? So, yeah, Another I guess Apart from yeah, so. the Yeah, so the deal brother? she
1: makes with her dad is uh, he says, I'm going to marry you off to this guy who also happens to own a bunch of ships, and in exchange he said he'd fly one of these ships. Uh, and she goes, okay, I guess I'll do that. Um, so... They a lot of stuff happens, and that ends up she basically says, "I'm not gonna marry you." but then the guy goes, uh, well, okay, uh, do you still want to like ship out because I'm still down. Sounds fun uh, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, he's this new guy, he's kind of a swashbuckler type, uh so he just thinks Sweet. that he didn't really like not he's a sailor, so he didn't really like being uh moored in in the city. So I think he uses this as an excuse to get out since he, her dad went through all ah. the rights of getting it out anyway. <laughs> and then it's her brother who's kind of this money-grubbing guy who's very, you know, like uh, economically minded who uh, cannot handle the situation <laughs> that is going on. So both of them end up, end up coming along. I think he was trying to scheme with the, the sailor guy, but the sailor, sailor guy was actually just being completely honest about marrying Farnese because he liked her. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, the brother just gets scared shitless all the time and tries to hide and this new sailor guy, has he's a good sword fighter, uh, but mostly he's just, like, he's the good sailor who's managing the ship a lot of the time. He's one of the dudes in the fireside chat they have. Uh, ah. Yeah. But, yeah, it doesn't seem like he's, like, Sounds specifically good. following them for Farnese or anything. He just actually thinks what they're doing is interesting and maybe important, so he's on board, Yeah. literally. Uh, and uh, he's, uh, like, capable, has a ship, all that. So he's another new... I can't remember his name for the life of me, though.
0: It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. We will, we will see when we read through, apparently. <laughs> but going back, though, to original characters, Griffith and also Rickert. Do we see Rickert more? Oh, yeah.
1: So Rickert is becoming the Arya Stark of Berserk. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I, I don't know how else to describe it. So he and... Uh, oh, what's the little girl's name? Uh, Elaine?
0: It's not Maria or something like that, is it? It's...
1: Maybe Emma or Elaine. I think it's an E name. Um,
0: Erica. Erica, that's
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they have to leave because I guess monsters are showing up everywhere. And uh, they kind of go over how, like, magic has come back. In the world <laughs> I guess stuff. monsters yeah, yeah. are showing up everywhere. So uh, Griffith, founds <laughs> his, I mean, yeah. uh, Griffith founds his city, Falconia, and uh, they decide it's supposed to be safe. So they head over there. Uh, when Rickard's there, he's like, well, I might as well hit up Griffith. yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> As yeah, well. he uh, He, like, requests an audience, and they all know who Rickard is, so uh, he, he gets it. And he, there's a scene where he's, like, standing in front of Griffith, uh, very dramatic, like, on a bridge or something, and then he slaps him in the face, um, which is pretty nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I, yeah, I've, I've got that panel saved in a couple places. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then he hooks up with the weirdest group ever after that. Uh, he hooks up with Luca and the gang who have become yes. blacksmiths Whoa. slash, like, running a stable <laughs> yes. uh, in Falconia. They all <laughs> oh, headed there because, wild. you know, it's safe. And uh, the uh, Cushion assassin guy who uses the punching <laughs> daggers. Uh, I don't know any way I could explain how all of them end up in the same place at the same time without taking up two or three hours. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, no, that's fine. uh,
1: The situation in Falcone gets pretty dangerous. So, and uh, that guy, I can't remember his name ever either, uh, becomes aware that Rickard has a background with Griffith and wants information. And I think, uh, so they basically take him back to Kushan to their like assassin's castle or whatever, where their clan's from, um, which like just, just, just happened. Uh so I I don't know if Rickard's gonna be trained in the way of Kushin Assassins or what. Um but they've kind of got this interesting traveling relationship going on with those guys. It's just so bizarre.
0: That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so glad Luca comes back. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad Nina doesn't. Nina doesn't, no, right? You
1: don't see Nina. Yes! <laughs> okay.
0: That's all fine then. If it's Luca, that's all good. Yeah.
1: So Lucas gang is all and, there, but, um, not, yeah, not Nina. That or
0: sounds Yoke incredible. Him. I think,
1: uh, what's his face is there too. Jerome. So he's, yeah. he's, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. living a humble life along with them as well.
0: And do we have any more moments where guts is kind of rapey towards anyone? Cause that moment with Casca was horrible. I don't really want to see anything like that again. Uh,
1: No, he gets uh, much more introspective. Like, I think uh, you guys were actually talking earlier about how um, he, uh, like, what does he want, right? Uh, And it seems like he wants revenge against Griffith. I think his priorities have really changed to just be, like, get Casca back and then see how I feel about things or see what she's like or just basically see if I can rebuild my life from there. He's trying to, like, let go of this concept of revenge because it's like what's it going to get him in the end of the day like if he kills like cuz Griffith uh he's not i wouldn't say a good guy but he is also like stopping an invading army and stuff like that so if he kills yeah. Griffith is he making the world worse uh and it's he's just very focused on like finding kind of his own happiness in the world and i think he he becomes very introspective about a lot of this kind of stuff um he gets a lot of like thinking scenes um and also like his new powers are very destructive to his own body as well uh, the berserk armor so um there's there's no scenes where none of the rape scenes or anything like that uh and with the new thing that he's got with uh shirk i I guess like the remember the whole dog thing is kind of like existent within the armor now so uh since Mm -hmm. shirk's around to help him control that it just like it doesn't come up perfect yep like thank you, you
0: so much for, <laughs> for making us feel <laughs> is this cathartic <laughs> um, spoiler moment over I think yeah. anyone who skipped that section and has come ahead let's just say they're saving the good stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that it's going to be what we've seen in the last six episodes or really the last kind of four or five episodes because <laughs> there was that moment but that's more representative of what we're going to see of Berserk going forward and that is very exciting I would absolutely love to see that series so maybe i'll pick up with it in another i don't know four seasons and hopefully uh see some really positive movements for all the characters but i think that's it that wraps us up so thank you so much to both of you that's been i i found that a really tough watch along in many ways i found that a real challenge to, to kind of stay invested and to keep watching it and to, to stick with it through some really awful moments so i really appreciate you both being there and it's ended up in a really good place and i think it was worth getting to for me personally but i yeah it was a, it was a rocky journey <laughs> glad yeah,
1: you somewhat was... enjoyed it yes yeah
0: <laughs> it, it took a little while but yeah i think at this point i would i would based on what you've told us that happens in the manga i would continue watching i think but we shouldn't need to spoil people to get them to continue watching stuff, so that's the the unfortunate side. Kara, I hope you've uh you feel like you've overall benefited from watching it <laughs> rather than I
2: mean, uh again, like I said, if it hadn't been for the podcast, I probably would have given it up, but then I wouldn't have gotten to see, you know, Shirka. I wouldn't have gotten to see Farnes learn, you know, wanting to learn magic. I wouldn't have gotten to see Guts evolve the way he did. So Yeah, the 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 front side wasn't that great, but i i am glad that i stuck it out
0: and yeah thank you as well for sticking it out today because we've run very much <laughs> over <laughs> hopefully people won't mind anyone who made it this far through berserk definitely has some patience <laughs> so that's a, a good sign that they'll make it through to this point for so a little bit of housekeeping you can find well this podcast is available on itunes and stitcher we're currently hosted by soundcloud we will be moving thank you to everyone who's brought that to our attention. Um, we're hosted on www.animefeminist.com. You can find all of our work there. We're on Twitter, at Anime Feminist. We are on Facebook, at facebook.com slash animefem. We have a Tumblr, animefeminist.tumblr.com. And we have a Patreon, which is what we use to pay everyone who works for Anime Feminist, except me. <laughs> but we pay all the, all the editors and the writers and... That's at patreon.com slash animefeminist. We're now over $1,000 in income. That's why we have weekly podcasts. Um, And our next funding goal is to be able to pay all of our writing editors when they edit a contributor's work. So we're really close to that now. If you can spare a dollar a month, it really does add up. If you can spend $5 a month, we'll give you access to our private server on Discord so that you can chat with the team and each other, have the kind of space to discuss things through a feminist lens as we've used in these watch-alongs with Berserk. So if you can send us a dollar a month to continue our work, that would be very much appreciated, patreon.com slash animefeminist. Thank you so much to Kara and Peter, and let us know what you'd like us to watch along next.